Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, August 29th, 543 a.m. Central. As I speak here, December corn futures up seven and a quarter at 671 and a half. November soybeans down 17 and a quarter at 1444. December Chicago wheat down seven cents at 798 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat down nine and a quarter at 873. December spring wheat down seven cents at 902 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Uh, leave me a review on that Apple app if you wouldn't mind. Could use some more reviews there. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Uh, leave me a crop update. Let me know what you think about these crop tour results that I'm going to talk about here in a second. Uh, do you think it's the real deal? Do you think they're off? And if so, for what reason? If you guys would like some additional information, from me, uh, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you will see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, weather info. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. On Friday, I talked about headlines and how headlines can affect the markets and some of the things that I've learned over the years about headlines and markets, uh, how the two kind of intertwine. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, uh, sign up today. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. So the biggest news out here uh, in regard to the markets, I think, are these pro-farmer uh, yield estimates or crop estimates for corn and soybeans. And the corn numbers is, is really where the excitement is. So pro-farmer pegged the national corn yield at 168.1, uh, crop nationally at 13.759 billion bushels. I snagged a couple of their graphics here for the video. I hope they don't mind. Uh, so this is, um, if realized, if you believe these numbers, this is incredibly bullish. Uh, this is a crop estimate that is 600 million bushels lighter than USDA's current estimate. If this is a number that's confirmed, um, it's it's very bullish. It's going to lead us to a rationing uh, scenario. It probably means we're underpriced at current values. When you look at the state-by-state -state estimates, uh, Pro Farmer was lower than USDA in every state uh, that they toured, I believe. So, this is friendly stuff. Um, one thing that is noteworthy to me, at least, is that I have never, in my experience, I've never seen the market trade the crop tour uh, the way that it did last week. Typically, I feel like the market is kind of agnostic toward the tour, like it doesn't care a whole lot. And uh, I actually did a video last week where I went through and I talked about what December corn futures uh, typically do during crop tour week. And more often than not, they move lower. And when they do rally, uh, they don't rally very much, as you can see from this graphic on my screen. Over, barring this year, uh, over the last 10 years, that the best week for, for, De for December corn during crop tour week was 2013, when it gained six and a half cents. December corn gained 41 cents last week guys so that's the best performance in a crop tour week um, for the december corn contract of the last 11 years by an extremely wide margin so this year was very different from previous years in my experience in that the market very very actively traded uh this and it's for a couple of different reasons first off the estimates were well well below uh, of course any uh, estimate out there. This is the lowest crop estimate that any well-followed group has right now uh, for the U.S. in regard to corn production that I'm aware of. And secondly, you've got a tight situation. You've got a, a situation in which
which we really can't tolerate uh, a yield number this low or a production number this low. So the market's extremely sensitive. So yeah, this is, is quite a bit different than anything uh, that I've seen. Now, moving forward here, uh, the question again is, is, does the market believe this? And I think given the price action, the market believes it to some extent. In September, on September 12th, uh, USDA will provide us with its next crop update. And in the September report, USDA uses what they call objective yield data. Uh, the, the August report is just survey-based. In September, they use objective yield data. So that'll be your next update from USDA on uh, September 12th, and that should be uh, a very big report, I think, this year. When you look at the soybean production estimates, not nearly as exciting. Uh, Pro Farmer pegged the soybean yield at 51.7, uh, which is just uh, slightly below USDA's most recent estimate. Their crop estimate, however, is slightly higher versus USDA because uh uh, Pro Farmer tacked on half a million acres uh, in regard to soybeans uh, due to that FSA report we saw last week. So the soybean numbers, not nearly as exciting. Still a lot of potential here. There were some rains over the weekend that could uh, maybe make a difference. So the big excitement uh, definitely in, in the corn numbers and not so much in the soybean numbers. And again, uh, thank you, Pro Farmer. I stole your graphics. I hope that's uh, all right with you guys. Large money managers, uh, the funds continue to build length in the corn market. Uh, fund traders were net buyers of 33,000 contracts of corn during the week ending August 23rd. So that doesn't even include uh, the late week action and uh, rally that we saw. So this net long in corn, about 176,000. That's um, not super extreme or anything, but it's it's getting to be a large position uh, uh, in the historical context of things. Uh, funds were net buyers of, was it 9,000 contracts of soybeans, I believe. Yeah, 9,000 contracts in the week ending last Tuesday. This net long of 111,000 getting up there. It's not extreme. Uh, funds are now net short, 29,000 contracts of SRW wheat. They were net sellers of uh, 7,000 contracts on the week. And this is the, the largest net short in the SRW wheat. You got to go back to February, like pre-Russia, Ukraine. So funds are building some length in the corn market in particular. Now this still pales in comparison to where the fund long peaked uh, during this current bull market. And your current bull market, the way I see it, began uh, second half of 2020. And uh, since the second half of 2020, the largest net long that funds have held in corn was 397,000 contracts back in April of 21. So we're still way below that here at 176. But the funds have been you know, more aggressive buyers here of row crops uh, recently. We had some weekend rains over Iowa, uh, parts of Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois had some scattered stuff, Indiana, uh, Kansas caught some decent rains in the uh, central to eastern half of the state, especially Oklahoma, a little bit North Dakota, a little bit radar this morning, kind of quiet. There's a system over. Uh, say northeast Indiana into Michigan, uh, into Ohio this morning, and really not much anywhere else. The next seven days favors corn or favors uh, rain in the eastern corn belt, and really not much elsewhere. Uh, dry for Iowa, dry for the Dakotas, dry for Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, dry for Nebraska, most of Kansas. Uh, some of these areas of the West will see rains return, uh, say like early next week, the way that it looks, but for the next seven days here, uh, kind of dry. I'm not seeing anything in terms of a frost threat out there. Uh, not any extreme cool temperatures uh, on tap uh, based on the models that I looked at this morning. 
Ukraine's grain, here's the six to 10, I'm sorry. Ukraine's grain exports are uh, down more than 50% so far during the 22-23 uh, marketing year. The country's ag minister said the total grain exports since the beginning of the new marketing year on July 1st totaled just 3.6 million metric tons. That's a decline of almost 53% versus the same period last year. A total of 2.3 million metric tons of corn, 981,000 metric tons of wheat, and 289,000 metric tons of barley have been exported. Exports in August month to date are down nearly 60% versus the same period last year. So, you know, Ukraine is moving grain. I mean, they've got this UN brokered shipping program that I think has been a little bit more successful than a lot of people expected, but still you've got problems due to this ongoing war. They're just not going to get back to normal anytime soon. Farmers in Ukraine should be planting winter wheat right about now through September. I haven't heard much there in terms of uh, progress updates or anything like that. Some sources indicating recently that Ukraine and Russia are offering wheat at much lower values versus the U.S. on the export market. Russia's got a monster crop, and uh, I've discussed before about the uh, issues regarding exports. You know, there's some uh, businesses that are just hesitant to do business with Russia, but the U.N. is trying to fix that as well. U.S. stock market fell sharply on Friday amid hawkish comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell at the Jackson Hole Summit. The Dow Jones lost 1,000 points, or about 3%. The uh, S&P 500 lost 3.4%. The NASDAQ lost nearly 4%. Some pretty hawkish stuff from Powell here. Here's a couple of the quotes. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. But a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. We are moving our policy stance purposefully to a level that will be sufficiently restrictive to return inflation uh, return inflation to 2%, restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive policy stance for some time. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. So you got a lot of stuff here that sounds bearish. You uh, said the word pain twice, which uh, I don't think the market liked, uh, talking about price stability, uh, talking about uh, you know not prematurely loosening policy. So this was seen as bearish, uh, the stock market, and the stock market acted accordingly. The cattle market was uh, marginally lower in live cattle, lower in feeder cattle on Friday as well. Uh, cash trade was, I believe, 142 in the south, mostly uh, some 147 in the western corn belt. On Friday, U.S. dollars just a little bit higher. Uh, the S&P is down 35 ahead of the cash open. The Dow Jones down 260, so some more selling in the stock market. Bonds off almost a full handle. Gold's off 10 bucks. Crude oil is up 51 cents at 93.59 in the October WTI. Have a great week, guys. I will talk to you Tuesday morning.